Hey guys, and welcome to the Pacing and Racing Podcast, the Canadian triathlon podcast made in mind for the age group triathletes. Now, today's guest is Swedish pro triathlete Patrick Nielsen. And so, like many other pros around this time, Patrick has his main focus on one particular race, and that is Kona. And with last year's unfortunate DNF and his 2017 top 10 finish, Patrick has his eyes set on that podium, and I truly, truly believe he's one of the few that will be the top contenders for that podium this year, and you'll hear his thoughts and insight on Kona in this episode. So Patrick is only 27 years old, and he's been racing since 2013 with a previous background as a competitive swimmer. And to point out some of his results this season already, he's had the first place win at Ironman Texas, a second place at Ironman 70.3 Sweden after going through a crash on the bike, and also second place at Ironman 70.3 Dubai, and a fourth place finish at Ironman 70.3 Denmark against a very competitive lineup. So going back a little further, Patrick had notable race results at the very competitive Ironman Frankfurt with a third place in 2017 and a second place in 2018 alongside the top German triathletes in the world like Jan Fredino and Patrick Lange. So in today's episode, not only do we dive into his preparations and thoughts leading into Kona, but we also discuss what's ahead for him after Kona, what life is like juggling pro triathlon alongside parenthood, and he even offers up some great training tips for age group triathletes. Now, Patrick also talks about what it's like being a part of the BMC VFIT Pro Triathlon team and also being a Red Bull athlete and so much more. So without further ado, guys, let's get into the podcast and let's cue the music. So today's episode is brought to you by two sponsors. The first one is Echelon Wheels, which is a wheel manufacturer based right out of Pickering, Ontario, which is awesome because that's super local to me and I love supporting local brands. I'm beyond happy to find a wheel company like Echelon for so many reasons. As we just mentioned there, this being a Canadian podcast, I love having partnerships with other Canadian brands and who better than a wheel company that offers that top quality design and the top materials for a wheel set at a fraction of the cost compared to the other brands in the market. And I mean, to put this in perspective, the Echelon Full Disc is going for around $14.99 Canadian, whereas other brands on the market are selling their full discs for around $3,300 US dollars and up. And I mean, of course, every wheel set is always a little bit different, but as an age gripper, we all know the sport is so expensive and it's nice knowing there are other brands out there like Echelon that are able to keep the cost down for us as much as possible. And the neat thing about Echelon is that they're active cyclists who run the company. So you know they're not just making their products, that they're actually using their products for their passion. If you take a look at the products that they carry, they offer wheel selections from U-Profile to V-Profile and offer depth ranges from 38 millimeters all the way up to the full disc. So if you're curious to see my bike setup, I'm currently running a 60 millimeter Echelon wheel in the front and an 88 millimeter in the rear with DT Swiss hubs. And I actually have a video coming out on the Pace Racing YouTube channel that will consist, you know, sort of of a buying guide helping you understand the wheel sets because as you may already know, it can be very confusing on knowing which wheel set is the best for you. In this video, I'll be breaking down all the different wheel sets and hubs and all that fun stuff and explain which is the best wheel set for your course or race conditions and, you know, just help you sort of decide overall which is the best fit for you. Now, Echelon isn't only a partner of the Pace Racing Podcast, but they're also huge supporters of some big triathlon clubs out there like Team Else PC and the Hugh Dog Racing Team. And for a limited time, they have been super awesome and offered up a discount code to the Pace Racing listeners. So if you want to look at getting yourself a wheel set, then head to echelonwheels.ca and use that promo code pacing and racing. That will get you $100 off your purchase of a wheel set, which is super generous of them. 
I'd also recommend following them on Instagram or Facebook by searching at Echelon Wheels. And again, Echelon is spelled E-C-H-E-L-O-N. So the second sponsor of today's podcast is First Endurance Canada, who just so happen to offer a 20% one-time discount to our listeners if they want to try the products, which is super awesome of them to do that. So if you want to stock up on the product, then head to firstendurance.ca and use promo code PACING and RACING. Now, this promo code is valid until the end of August, so definitely stock up while you can. So First Endurance is one of the best nutrition brands out there on the market today, so I'm beyond humbled to get to represent them and use their products for my racing, my training, and pretty much my everyday life. So first off, not only are they supporters of the Pace Racing Podcast, but they're also supporters of some amazing First Endurance triathletes out there like Jackson Laundry, Taylor Reed, The Wirtels, Sam Long, and so many more. So for those who have been keeping up with me on Instagram, you'll know that I just wrapped up the Eagleman 70.3, and for that race, I used the EFS Pro and the EFS Liquid Shots for the bike, and I also took the EFS Liquid Shot out on the run, and I was thrilled to finally have my nutrition plan completely dialed in. So if you guys head to First Endurance Canada's website or check them out on Instagram, you can find out more about the First Endurance products, including some of them like the Ultrogen Recovery Drink or their EFS Liquid Shots and EFS Electrolytes Mix and so many more. So I just want to point out, guys, that it's not only the on-course products I offer, but they also have products for everyday life like the Multi-V Pro tablets and the Optogen HP tablets that are designed in mind for the endurance athletes and the demands on our bodies and training. So for the vegans out there, they also have vegan products and they have so many more guys. So honestly, check them out. I recently did a video about my on-course nutrition strategy using the EFS Pro and the EFS Liquid Shots. So if you guys want to check that out, head to Pacing Racing on YouTube by searching Pacing and Racing. And lastly, just to wrap this up, I'll be doing another YouTube video explaining all the benefits of the Multivitamin Pro and the Optogen HP tablets. So definitely keep on the lookout for that video. And if you guys want to learn more about their products, you can find them on Instagram by searching at First Endurance CAD or check them out on Facebook by searching First Endurance Canada. So Patrick, welcome to the Pace Racing Podcast, man. How's things going? Thanks a lot. It's, uh, I'm good, thanks. I've been in, um, in Kalmar for this Ironman Sweden now on Saturday. So I've been in Kalmar a few days on the expo with some sponsors and uh, doing, doing the short distance race that was yesterday. Uh, so it's good. I'm in the car now for the moment and it's, yeah, things are rolling up to Kona. Perfect. So yeah, now you're often a long distance triathlete. Now, how was doing the short stuff? Did you did you enjoy that? That, that was. I mean, a lot a lot of athletes are coming from short distance. Uh, I mean, that's the background of most Ironman athletes today. I think I'm one of the few guys that I've never done a sprint race until yesterday. Uh, wow. <laughs> so that, that, that was hard. That was really hard. Uh, and yes, what came. I think I think the toughest change for me was the speed in transition. Uh, I mean, the swim it's always hectical in the start, but then in transition there was just a sprint. Uh, then out on the bike, I tried to go okay, let's find the threshold, but on a sprint you're going above threshold, so it was that that was tough from the start, and then yes, survival mode for forty minutes, <laughs> but it was fun and good training. Very cool. Yeah, no, that, that's great to see. And uh, you actually did really well, despite what you're saying, how, how challenging it was, but you made the podium as well. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. You got to give yourself some credit. You're doing really well at all distances now. <laughs> so that's really good. Uh, yeah, I'm 
I mean, I, th- I thought, okay, I can be, I can win. I can also be number 10. So honestly, I'm really satisfied with the third place and some number one and two, that's the Swedish champions in short distance. So I'm, I'm very satisfied and to look back on it. Okay, this was my first sprint race ever. Uh, I think a third place is that's pretty solid anyway. So I'm happy. Yeah, no, that's that's perfect. And now just uh, for a lot of listeners, I guess, let's kind of take it back a little bit before because there's uh, a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about today with like Kona and all that kind of fun stuff. Before we do, let's talk a bit about your early days of triathlon. So you're actually a competitive swimmer before triathlon. So can you tell us a little bit about your swimming career and how did that eventually turn into doing triathlon? That was, honestly, that was, that was a long time ago. Uh, I was a competitive swimmer, but at a very low level. I was never never a national team, never competing at the high level in Sweden. But I did swimming. Uh, I changed that to running, actually. Uh, so was, I think I was a more... I was a better runner than I was a swimmer. Um, then after a few years with running, I thought, okay, this is kind of kind of start to get tired of running around on the track all the time. Um, then we have cousins on Hawaii. So I heard about Ironman Hawaii. And, okay, this this could be a good thing. Uh, this could be a new challenge. And yeah, picked up the swimming again on the side of running. Um, and then eventually bought the bike tried to like okay let's do two bike sessions a week so running was still the main focus uh, and doing the swimming and biking like before the run sessions uh, so i think what was really good for me was that i could start with triathlon and actually swim i wasn't good but i could swim uh, i mean like everyone started with short distance but just in Sweden, and very, very quick realized, okay, I can't, I can't keep up on the swim. Uh, I'm too slow. So even if I could do a decent 10k run, I only did Olympic, what I recall. And uh, even if I could do a decent 10k, I was too far behind with drafting and um, the speed on the swim. So I think my first year or second year in triathlon, I realized, okay, this is. This is too hard. I can't keep up. So I started with half Ironman. Uh, as an age group, I think I was 18, 19 years old. And uh, yeah, again, pretty quick realized, okay, let's try Ironman. This sounds like fun. I want to do Ironman Hawaii. Um, yeah, and won my first Ironman in 2014, I think, 2015. Yeah, that's incredible, man. So it, it's a crazy story to hear that. It was the your friend originally was telling you about Hawaii, like Kona and Hawaii, and that's sort of what sparked the interest in it. So that's kind of cool because now, of course, that's sort of the main priority, at least for the season. Kind of looking ahead, that's sort of one of the, the, the big ticket items on the rest of the season. So that's very cool. And I mean, of course, you made a great decision to jump over to the triathlon because at the age of twenty seven, you've already had some incredible wins and some great podium finishes in both the distances of the 70.3 and the full Ironman, including some really comp- tough competition you've had too. Like at Ironman Frankfurt the last couple of years, you've podiumed alongside Jan Ferdino and Patrick Langa. And now I know this year you decided to opt out of Frankfurt, but can you tell us a little bit about the experiences at Frankfurt you've had the last couple of years? I mean, Frankfurt has been, that's been amazing. Um, it's, I mean, it's for sure one of the biggest races out there. It might be Ironman Hawaii, then the 70.3, 
three worlds. Then I think Ironman Frankfurt or maybe Challenge Road is the biggest race. Um, so quickly, okay, I, I want to do, I want to do the big races. I think it's fun to win, but to win a small, with all respect, Ironman Malaysia, for example, that's that was great fun. It was my first win, but no one knows about it. Um, so in a way, I want to, I want to race the best. I want to race Jan. I want to race Patrick, Sebastian, all the really, really, really fast guys. So I signed up for it three years ago. So, okay, it's Andy Buescher, it's Sebastian Kinley, it's Patrick Lang. Uh, let's, let's see how good I actually am. Uh, again, I had I think three or four Ironman wins at that time. And yeah, I can win Ironman races, but how good am I actually? Am I one of the best or am I just decent? But then racing it in 20... 17 that must be that was really like not a wake-up call but okay this is actually what i can do i was i don't remember maybe five ten minutes behind uh, sebastian but okay this is i'm racing the fastest guy in the world pretty much and can almost compete with him this is fun this is what i want to do um so the plan was pretty, pretty quick to come back the year after in 2018. And, and um, then I heard, okay, Jan is racing, Sebastian, he's going to Roth, and the Bursher will do Frankfurt again and Patrick Lang. Okay, this is, this is fun. This is again racing against the best people in the world, something that I love to do and want to do. Um, and the goal was, again, pretty, pretty clear. Okay, I want to... I pretty much need to finish. I was eighth in Kona the year before, so I have the points I probably need. So I just need to finish and have fun. Um, and that's okay, let's follow Jan, follow Patrick and see, is there any one of them I can beat? They will battle each other. I can be the underdog. I just need to follow and make sure I'm there when one of them crack, um, which eventually happened on the run. Um, I had some problems on the bike with cramps and uh, yeah, some, some small challenges on the bike. So I lost some time in the end. I could catch them again in the end, but going out on the run, I had, I was, I was pretty tired. I had to stop with some cramps in the, I don't remember, in the hip probably. And I had to stop for a toilet stop. So out on the run, I was maybe three, four minutes behind Jan and Patrick. So that was, okay, this is frustrating, but okay, let's do a good marathon, see if Patrick is running 2.48 again as he did the year before. Then maybe if I can do a 2.45, 2.40, I can actually be second. Um, so I just tried again to keep focus on myself and yeah, see, see, see what happens on the last 10K, which is where a lot of things are happening in Ironman races. Um, so both years it's been it's been fun like just going to frankfurt to have fun to race the best see what see what's happening um, and see where i actually am uh, again both jan and patrick it's athletes you look up to so racing against them and last year in frankfurt actually beating patrick being a few minutes behind jan it's of course it's super fun and super motivating
Yeah, it's it's so incredible to see that. And I mean, it's great seeing you alongside some of the, like you just said, they're the best, not only best German triathletes, but some of the best triathletes in the world. And, you know, the podium alongside those guys, like, you know, Andy Bocher, Sebastian Keenley, Jan Ferdino and Langa, like, uh, I mean, this year it ended up being just a full German podium sweep without you there. So, I mean, I'm sure they missed you quite a bit. <laughs> I mean, what the, the plan was for a long time to come back uh, to Frankfurt this year. I did. The plan was to do South Africa, recover a bit, do Frankfurt, do Kona. Um, then, unfortunately, I South Africa is a special race. Like everyone, it's not a bikers race, but in a way, I realized okay, this is. You, 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 I think you need to be like a strong biker to perform well in South Africa. It's the roads are rough. It's it's windy, it's a bit like Kona with just rough roads. Uh, I lost my shoe in transition out on the bikes. I lost some time on, on the top guys. And after 90k on the bike, I realized, okay, I, I won't be able to qualify with this. Um, the guys up in the front, there are five or I don't remember the numbers, five, ten minutes in front of me and we're halfway on the bike. Uh, I can't catch them. Maybe I can catch one or two, but it, it won't be enough to qualify. So I dropped out. I knew about I'm in Texas. I signed up for Texas. I changed the flight in Frankfurt instead of going back to Lanzarote, where I had been on a training camp for three months with a family. I flew from Frankfurt to Texas again instead of going back to Lanzarote. And one arm in Texas qualified for Kona. And then and I had a talk with the coach, and of course, a winner is a win. I was really satisfied, he was really satisfied, but the numbers could be better. Um, so we said, okay, let's, let's drop Frankfurt, let's focus on the training, let's do a long, solid build-up to Kona and get to, to numbers we want without any rush. Um, so even if Frankfurt would be super fun to do, this year again, I think it was a better choice to drop Frankfurt, focus on Kona, do some half armor races, and um, yeah, pretty much get to the numbers that we want to to perform really well in Kona. Yeah, no, you're right. That makes perfect sense, and it's great that you're you know having that extra long build up to Kona because I mean you you've already done so well at Frankfurt. I know you kind of wanted to do, you know, third place in 2017, second place, 2018. I mean, what was going to come 20, 2019? <laughs> <laughs> I think we, we might know, but yeah, there you go. But no, I think that was a smart move to kind of hold off and, and look forward to Kona because I mean, let's talk a little bit about Kona now. See, like you just said earlier, you had your debut in 2017 with an eight place, which is huge for an, a debut, especially in a, a course like Kona. But uh, so now in 2018, you unfortunately had a DNF in Kona. And would you mind telling us a little bit about kind of, you know, what happened and how'd you kind of feel about that? And uh, how do you feel now, I guess, going into 2019 Kona? I mean, it's 2018. I, I suffered a lot of cramps the whole year. Uh, also, like I said, in, also in Frankfurt, I had got cramps, like in, in a way, normal cramps that everyone can feel if you're running long and then go to the pool, you can have some cramps in the calf or stuff. That was the kind of cramps I got in Frankfurt. So I could continue to bike. I lost some time on Jan and Patrick, but eventually it disappeared and I could catch Jan and Patrick on the bike and um, 
that was pretty much it. In Kona and some other races earlier in the year, I got some really, really bad cramps that the kind of stuff where, where I, I can't get off the bike pretty much. I can't lift my leg that high so I can get off the bike. That's what happened in Kona, going down from Hawaii. And uh, looking back at it, it, together with coaches and mental coaches, it's okay, it could be a mental, mental thing that... You, you just get so tense when in Kona when Lionel caught me and like okay let's let's go with Lionel this will be fun. Thirty seconds later, I have cramps in my glutes. It is weird, it, and it, it doesn't really make sense in a way because I was feeling good. I was also when Lionel caught me, I was going a little bit harder, but still without a bike. Okay, I can't bike because um, my quads or glutes or something is just totally cramped up and I can't get off the bike. Um, so that was, of course, frustrating last year. I wasn't really prepared in the start. I think the first year going to Kona, you're super motivated, you're just having super fun, you're super focused. The second year, I was super focused, but in the start, I lost focus for half a minute and that's when the start went off. Um, so I lost a second or two in the start in Kona, that's bad. That's really bad because everyone was super fast in the start. I was half a meter, meter behind the front and quickly got in, got into the second pack and yeah, I lost the front group. Um, going out on the bike, okay, let's, let's push, let's catch the front. So I started to bike by myself and trying to catch the front, but again, going down from Hawaii, yeah, the glutes totally cramped up and I had to stop. Um, so I wasn't really looking back at the race. I wasn't really satisfied with neither the swim or the bike. But then again in 2017, I th I was swimming on the feet of Jan and Nicholas Kestlerstein. So I know I am able to swim with the front. I know I'm also able to bike with the front. Uh, also looking back at Texas this year, for example, it's... I biked with Andrew Stajkovic for, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes um, without loading up in any way. Um, so I know the bike is there, I know the swim is there, and I know I can run. Um, I was in 17, running to the toilet seven times to to do number two. That was, you lose a lot of time on that. <laughs> um, and then with the eighth place, I'm, of course, I'm super satisfied with an eighth place, but I'm far from satisfied with the performance I did because uh, I know I can do much better. Yeah, perfect. But yeah, no. So now you're you're currently in your build to Kona. I mean, in all fairness, we can all look back, and I think every triathlete out there has had one race in their at least a couple races, if not just one, that you know they thought they could they were able to do better. Like, so, and I guess that's one thing that we should all kind of realize is that not everyone's going to be on their A game for every single race. So. I mean, you knew you had more in the tank that you you want to give at Kona in both years. So, I mean, we're really looking forward to seeing it this year now. And it looks like you've been doing some uh, solid training sessions. And you've also had a couple training camps lined up here um, before Kona, uh, like Arizona as well as Texas. So, can you tell us a little bit about those training camps? And, like, what would you expect to do there training-wise? Or, or, like, is it a surprise when you get there? Or sort of how is the training all structured around Kona? I mean, I leave... Honestly, I leave that a lot up to the coach, uh, but 
I would go to Flagstaff again. I was there last year, and uh, I think it worked well. There will be some small changes in the in the timing up to Kona, but I will be in Flagstaff for three weeks. Um, then I go to Texas for the heat together with Patrick Lang and Will Clark from BMCV. I find I find it really hard to be in a place training and then suddenly okay, let's go into race mode. Um, then I think it's easier to be in one place, go to the race, and okay, let's focus on the race. Um, so I, th- I think with some some small things from some small lessons from last year, we've decided to do some small changes and. Um, I think this will be a good setup for sure. So some altitude training in Flagstaff, Arizona, going to Texas for the heat and going to Kona. I think it's, yeah, I think it's hopefully enough to beat the Germans. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. No, that's that's perfect. And so we're, we're definitely rooting for you here in Kona. We can't wait to watch. It's going to be an awesome race. And, uh, you know, the buildup you've done here, it's going to be incredible to sort of, you know, put it all out and, yeah, like you just said, you know, compete against those the top Germans and, and all the other athletes are there. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch now. All right. So now uh, let's talk about what lies ahead after Kona now. Now, uh, are you going to end the season and, you know, have some family time or is there another race or two planned before the end of the year? Or what are your thoughts after Kona? I think the main first focus would be our marriage. Uh, two weeks after Kona, so I'm getting married with Teresa. And uh, yeah, that, that would be the first focus. Uh, after Kona coming back home, and then, then of course, enjoying some family time, I would go. I would have a long training camp leading up to Kona without the family. So, coming back home, getting married, enjoying our son, son Matteo, he's two and a half. And then, of course, enjoying Teresa as well. And yeah, just having a good time. Then, then I, I am thinking of a late Ironman race. Of course, it's. It could be nice to qualify this year already to do Ironman, Ironman Western Australia or Ironman somewhere. Uh, nothing planned. I mean, it can also be, okay, let's, if I am on the podium in Kona, okay, then I just need to finish an Ironman race next year. So not, not, nothing, nothing planned 100%, but I think it could be nice to do a late Ironman race and, and qualify early. And just to have some more time during the winter to to really build up when when it's winter back in Denmark and Sweden. It's it's not always too easy to prepare for an Ironman race, even if you go to Sandspeed, for example, on Maserata. That's that's a great advantage this year. Um, so honestly, not, nothing planned off the corner, but getting married, enjoying some family time. And then maybe finding a late, a late Ironman race. Yeah, (laughs) that's an awesome plan. And congratulations. That's going to be amazing that you guys are getting married. That's going to be a huge part of your life. And, and that's actually something I kind of want to talk to you about now. Family time, of course, is is super important. And and how do you find you are able to manage the balance, you know, between your, your rigorous training schedule and, you know, the training camps and that sort of thing. And then how do you balance that with the family time? Because yeah, like you said, you just, you have, you have your own child, you guys are getting married, so I'm sure your hands are quite full when you're not training, right? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's Of course, Teresa, she's doing a huge part with taking care of Matthew, taking care of the house, taking care of yeah, pretty much everything. Uh, but then, 
I mean, it's, I think, I also think that's the main, not the reason, but one of the reasons why I had the cramps last year. Uh, so then having a kid, it's, it is a big change going uh, from being 100% ego, doing what you want, till having a family and having the, not pressure, but pressure to be able to support them. Uh, then, of course, it's also about what, what I want and I want to spend time with Matteo. I want to spend time with Teresa, but I also want to be the best I can in triathlon. So it's always it's it's always a balance, and it's not always super easy to figure out what and how to do it. Uh, then, of course, I'm 27. I maybe it would be easier to do when I'm 37. You have some more experience. You know, you you know yourself better in a way. Uh, then on the other hand, I'm super happy to be able to have a child now and being able to perform at the absolute top level when I'm 37 is young for the for example. Uh, but then, then having kids that are 10 that make, might make it easier to travel, to, to focus on the races. Uh, but it is, I think it's working good. Uh, I enjoy it for sure. And I think it's good when, for example, if you have a bad race, it's hard to be sad or hard to be angry when Matteo comes smiling and like he doesn't care if you hit first or if you lose. But for you, it, it can make a big difference. Uh, if someone's, it's like coming home to a dog who's just smiling and want to play. You, you can't be angry, you can't be sad. Uh, and the focus quickly changes from a second place to actually be super happy. So I think it's nice. I enjoy it. It's it's a challenge sometimes, but it's a good challenge. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Like you said, it's yeah, it's a good challenge to have. That's that's very cool. And and now I'm sure a lot of listeners uh, can really resonate with that too, especially a lot of age group athletes with families. So that's always it's great to see that. Yeah, you're you're obviously of course a family man, and you devote a lot of time to that as well. So that's that's really cool to hear. And and I can imagine throughout all this, you do a lot, like a fair amount of traveling. Like we've already just kind of touched on, there's a lot of traveling involved. And I mean, not only for races, but you're also a, a Red Bull triathlete and you're also a member of the BMC VFIT pro triathlon team. So I can assume you keep uh, busy with quite a few training camps and, and team workouts and whatnot uh, with those teams, eh? Of course it's, um, we have two training camps with the BMC VFIT pro triathlon team. It's, in January on Lanzarote on Sands Beach and uh, on Mallorca on Best Swim Center in May. It's, it is super fun that we're able to train and have fun together with other team members and the staff. It's, it's, I, th- I really think it's a big advantage. Uh, that's the training camps. Then I'm doing my private training camps. I've been in Livinio this year. I've been on Sands Beach with the family for two months. Uh, there are a lot of travels involved. <laughs> Again, it, that's only the training camps. Then it's races. Then it's the preparations for races. I'm away, going away one and a half, two months this year, leading up to Kona without the family to be able to focus. And it's it is it's a part of the work. And I want to do the work really good. I want to be able to win Kona. I want to be able to run next to Jan or Patrick or Sebastian or any of the guys going back to Kona on the run. It's that's my main goal. So I believe it's also with the setup. I 
me and Teresa is done. She stopped her work, being able to help me focus, being able to perform at the world class level. It's I, I I know what needs to be done, and yeah, it's I mean it's professional triathlon. There's a lot of good sides and which I love. It's those are like with everything, a lot of harder things that is a part of the world which I try to make the best of. Uh, for example, going to Flagstaff, going to Texas, going to Kona this year. It's I know if 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 I'm traveling away, then wasting time. If I'm not doing the training or, or losing focus, then then it's really a waste of time. I'm both wasting time not doing my training. I'm also wasting time not being with my family. And so I also think it's a good motivation going away, leaving the family at home. Okay, then then you really need to do the training good. Like, let's really focus. Let's make this count. Otherwise, it's just a waste of time. And then I could just as well as being at home with the family, do the training decent and uh, having a good family life. So I enjoy it. I think it's a good... Again, it's a good motivation in a way, leaving the family at home. Then you really have to make the training camp good to make it worth it. Yeah, that's that's a really smart mindset, actually, and uh, that explains it really well. You're right that uh, you you want to do the like that's that's your job, and, and you you look to do it really well, and you know all focuses on us, especially leading up to one of the biggest races for you of the year. So that that's really cool to hear, and. I mean, I guess, like we just mentioned, they're talking about the BMC VFIT Pro Team. Now, I guess I should mention this. We should take a step back a bit and explain it. Now, can you explain a little bit about what that team's all about and kind of what it means to you in your your triathlon season and in your training? Oh, it's huge. It's I love it. Um, I don't know. I've been. This is my third year in the team, um, and just being able to. For example, I mean, I had a small, I had a crash in 7.3 Sweden, 7.3 Jönköping. Uh, that was a month ago, five weeks ago, something. And um, yeah, the handlebar broke. Two days later, I have a new bike at home from BMC that the team has sent. Okay, here's, here's your new bike. Uh, then two weeks ago, I, I started to feel in my back, I think from tensions and muscles and some nerves from the crash. Then you had the team physio. Talking with the team physio, okay, let's do this. Talking with the people I have in Denmark, they can talk together and we really quickly figure out what's what's the next step. Um, so yeah, just being able to feel that you have someone taking you back if you need to. Um, also after Jönköping, uh, I did to the, went to the wind tunnel in the UK. That was close to Willow Clark's place. So I actually went to him for one day to sleep, having a good time, and yeah, then going to the wind tunnel. So you always have people around you. If it's on a race, there can be other team members racing as well. Uh, there's always someone from the staff joining. There's, I think it's a great environment to not only perform at a world-class level with the equipment we have, but also having the support from both sponsors to the team, then the staff that will always okay let's yes if you're talking to Ben about okay what what could we do to improve either equipment or training or setup or going up to Kona 
there, there's always someone there who's able to look at your questions in an objective way and okay this could actually be the best thing for you uh, who both understands triathlon the sponsors and you as a person it's i really enjoyed it the last now two and a half years yeah and i think it's honestly i think it's one of the few teams that are really working as a team we have the same clothes we have the same bike we have the same equipment all the way around we're going on same training camps, like I said, in January on Lanzarote and Sands Beach, and then in May on Best Swim Center. It's we are working as a team. It's not, in a way, only a big main sponsor paying money, but it's actually a team with management around, with physios. We're having training camps, and we all have the same equipment. So I think it's great. It's really fun. Yeah, and it's cool because so what I like what I like most about the BMC VFit team is. I mean, of course, you guys, there's a really core team where there's the top professional triathletes, some of the best triathletes in the world on that team. So that's amazing to see all in itself. But what it does is it also helps, you know, triathlon is tends to be known as sort of an individual sport, right? At the end of the day, you're the one out there running. But the being on a team like the BMC VFIT team, it makes it, you know, a team environment and you kind of, you thrive off each other's training you guys you know motivate each other and like you said there's a staff and team there to help you out in kind of whatever you need so it kind of makes it more of a, a team sport which i think it's really cool to hear that so it's awesome to see what they're uh, doing there at the bmc v fit so that's perfect yeah yeah exactly it's like yeah just like you said again it's not only one sponsor paying a lot of money it's actually a team behind it it's it's the management it is the staff this everything you need. We go on the training camps and races together. We always stay with Will Clark in Kona this year. Yeah, and then again, the staff will be there. It's, I think it's great. It's a great environment to to learn, improve, and uh, yeah, again, perform. Perfect. No, that's, that's awesome. And, and now let's, uh, I, I guess a great way to actually transition over is I just want to ask a, you know, an age group training tip, I guess, uh, to sort of end off the podcast. Now, uh, one of the biggest things that a lot of age groupers struggle with is the on-course nutrition. So uh, I always like to kind of get people's take on it. And I'd like to hear about yours, sort of what's your strategy for on-course nutrition for like, the full Ironman distance? Do you have any tips for age groupers out there when it comes to, you know, deciding on what works for you for on-course nutrition? Well, one of my main lessons was actually Ironman Cusumel, what can that be, four or five years ago, I was leading the race until... 30 kilometers on the run. Uh, the only problem was that I, I couldn't take the gels. They were so bad. Um, so I was running those 30K on water and then the sport drink of Coke or Red Bull or whatever you get. But that's on a small sip you get in each aid station. So I got to 30K and then like, ah, this is, this is bad uh, and had to drop out. So I think the main, my main tip Will actually be okay let's find out what the nutrition is on course try it use it in training so you know that your stomach can work with it and um, of course that you can take it which i couldn't well. then yeah then, then of course train to take the nutrition in training as well that if you want to take i don't know this amount of carbs every hour train it and make sure you can handle it. 
and yes, you're not trying something new on the race day. Perfect. No, that's smart. And uh, now I guess, so what strategy do you use? Do you like, are you, do you tend to go off like 60 grams of carbs per hour or is it just kind of when it gets to the run is just kind of however you feel or what's, what's your plan? It's, I usually count around hundred an hour. Uh, so I know that's probably on the upper limit on what's possible to absorb in the body, but I, I find it working well for me. Uh, on the bike, it's very easy to, to count how much you're taking up. Uh, you have your nutrition on the bike, you have some gels, and I'm not 100% self, what do you call it, self-reliable uh, maybe. I have almost all the energy I need on the bike. Uh, and except the energy I have on the bike, I will take water from the aid stations. Maybe one spot drink at one time, but that's pretty much it. So I know exactly how much I'm taking up every hour on the bike. Then on the run, it's it's a bit hard. I try to take three or four gels, maybe three gels every hour, uh, trying to time this with aid stations and stuff like that. And then maybe some Red Bull or sport drink on again in the aid stations. But yeah, on the bike, I'm pretty much self. I can't find a word, but I have the old energy I need on the bike for the whole bike leg and then on the run again three days an hour and some sport drink red perfect yeah no that's awesome and it's always kind of good to see and the, yeah the 100 grams of carbs yeah that that is kind of on the, the upper limit but i mean obviously that works for you so that's really cool and and as you just kind of summarized it it's it, every athlete should kind of find out what works for them so and the best way to do that is do it in training so i like how you said that that uh very good advice and now, lastly here, uh, we've spoken on a couple of your main sponsors already, like the BMC team, but I always say the pros, they couldn't be where they are today without the support of the sponsors. So who are some of your sponsors that you'd like to give shout outs to? And of course, it's the main, the spon- all the sponsors in BMC, BFIT Pro Triathlon team. It's BMC, it's BFIT, who's probably the main sponsors. Then my personal sponsors, it's Red Bull, it's Hooker. And yeah, you can max in Sweden, it's a supermarket. So that's the, that's the main sponsors I'm racing with today. And it's, yes, like I said, I mean, I couldn't be here without either them or a family who's supporting and understanding what I'm doing for a living. For sure. No, that's awesome. And, and, you know, I mean, all the fans as well, they're super thankful for these sponsors too, because they allow you to do what you're out there doing. So we get to watch you in Kona and stuff like that. So, so we thank them too. So that's awesome. Now, uh, so I guess before we end this off, I wanted to do a one minute Q and a sort of fire round so we can see how many questions we can get out in one minute. Uh, you in for that? Yeah, sure. All right. So I'm going to start the timer here then, then, uh, we'll get, we'll get that at that and we'll, we'll try it. So here we go. So uh, what's your favorite race distance? Ironman. Uh, what's your go-to pre-race breakfast? Oatmeal. Nice. Uh, what would be one of your favorite local races to you? Ironman. Uh, Mini triathlon, which I did two days ago. Oh, perfect. There you go. Uh, what's one of the most beautiful places you've traveled for triathlon? I think. Thailand is pretty, it's, it's different. It's different, but I love it. Yeah, nice. Uh, who is your uh, biggest influence or motivation in triathlon? Uh, maybe Matteo. 
Amazing. That's cool. And, and, uh, what's one race still on your bucket list that you haven't done yet, but you'd love to do one day. Challenge road probably. Oh, nice. And lastly here, what type of, uh, music do you listen to in training or do you even listen to music in training? I love the music, some, some kind of pop or rap or hip hop. Nice. Perfect. Switched up a nice little variety. So that's cool. Uh, awesome. And that's cool to hear that, uh, yeah, one of your bucket list races is still uh, Challenge Roth. And I guess for you being, seeing as uh, it's so close to Ironman Frankfurt, I could assume that's probably why it hasn't been uh, done yet, eh? Yeah, exactly. I mean, two, two, three years ago, I wanted to qualify for Kona and then I had to pick Ironman Frankfurt. Then last year, I wanted to come back to Frankfurt. And this year, I, yeah, I wanted to come back to Frankfurt as well. But I mean, if I'm able to qualify early, like Ironman South Africa or Texas this year, I might, I might take the chance to do Challenge Road one day. That could be really, really fun for sure. Nice, man. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm biased here, but I hopefully hope you do it here in 2020. Maybe that's why I'm going down to to do Challenge Road. So <laughs> it'd be nice to see you there oh, in that one. <laughs> Perfect, man. Well, honestly, so that's a wrap. I think that's a great place to end it off here. And I could keep going all day, but I'm sure you got a busy rest of the day here. So we won't keep you here any longer. But for those out there who don't already follow you yet, where's sort of the best place they can get your content at? Like uh, at your website or Instagram or? Yeah, I would say Instagram on Patrick Try and uh, yeah, probably Facebook, Patrick Try. Uh, yeah, that would be awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah, dude, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, loved having you on the show. And again, we wish you nothing but the best of luck going into Kona because we're all going to be rooting for you and it's going to be a good time. Thank you very much and look forward to seeing you on Road 20. Yeah, there you go, man. All right, cheers. <laughs> well, guys, there you have it. Patrick is one of the biggest names in triathlon and I definitely think he'll be a top contender in Kona this year. So thanks so much for taking the time today, Patrick. And I'm so glad we're able to have you on the show today. And guys, if you guys want to hear more podcasts like these, then hit that subscribe button and you can follow me on Instagram at pacing.and.racing. And you can also find us on YouTube by searching pacing and racing. And lastly, if you did like this episode, then please take two minutes to leave a kind review on the podcast channel as this helps us get heard by more listeners through the podcast platform algorithms. Anyways, thanks guys. And we'll talk next time.